This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse for free trial membership. This is Writing Excuses, Season 5, Episode 10, John Brown and the Creative Process. 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. I'm Howard. And I'm John. We once again welcome the cancerous John Brown to <laughs> join us on, sorry, oh. Oh. the cancer-free John Brown That's right. to join us on our podcast. Um, this is actually a uh, topic that, uh, John, you um, know a lot about. Uh, I've seen your uh, seminar you give on the creative process, so we thought we'd ask you a few questions about the creative process and kind of your, how you come up with stories and how the creative mind works and that sort of thing. So I'm just going to throw it at you. The number one question authors tend to get is how do you get your ideas? Yeah. How do you generate ideas? How do you get them originally? Well, I, I want to back up and just say that this is one of the things that was killing me when I first started writing. Other than the cancer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Other than the, the cancer. And your the, cancer got demoted. The, the, the dermatologist had his rat gnaw. For those of you not benefiting, benefiting from the video, every time John makes this noise, uh, he's holding his face where the stitches, the stitches are trying stitches to are tear open out. as he laughs at uh, us. Yeah. So, yeah, that noise right there. So, yeah. we're so sorry, John. So... Start again. What were you... Uh... Uh, well, this was something that that uh, stopped me uh, for many years because I didn't know what the creative process was. And so, uh, luckily, it was in an Orson Scott Card boot camp that all of a sudden I figured it out. And uh, so it's been important to me. Uh, after that, my productivity went up literally 4,000%. And so this is kind of one of my little... One of the little things that I think is important. So. Okay, so that, let's talk about it. How do you how do you generate your ideas? So, well, uh, the thing that I have to remember is creativity. The first thing is creativity is not mystical. It's not reserved for people with certain personality types. It's not. It's not anything special. We all do it all the time. Heresy, and, burn him. <laughs> no, I mean it, this. I is, agree. This is a serious thing yeah. that is a. A lot of people come up to me on tour and say, I just, I just don't know where all this imagination comes from, all yeah. this creativity. I could never be that creative. Right. You're so creative. And I, that's, that's, I think that's completely wrong. I mean, human beings are creative creatures. This yeah. is what we are built to do. Yeah. yeah. Well, because I think this is it. This is creativity. This is yeah. it. This is it. This? It's, this podcast? Yeah, this is it. This is creative. <laughs> no, the creativity is nothing more than you have a problem, right? And you're asking questions and you're coming up with answers. Mm. So uh, somebody who does computer coding, they can be incredibly creative. Accountants yeah. have a certain problem, they can be incredibly creative. Anybody can be creative in what they do. The, the key is, the key is, one of the keys is, what are the questions that you're asking, right? And yeah. then how do you go about getting those answers? And part of that is, you know, what I call looking for, uh, or being, being on the lookout for Zing. And mm -hmm. so that's kind of, that's just, that's what I've, that's, that's Zing, it. Zing. Z-I-N-G. 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 Those are those ideas in writing where there's just a little, z a little zap. It sparks some interest in you. It, uh, you know, sometimes they're these gigawatt monsters that leave you breathless. But most of the time they're these, these little things that you're like, ooh, cool. Or, oh, wow, that, that, you know, there's just something there. You know, and there's a lot of different ways that we, we either generate those or find them. But that's what we're on the lookout for. 
And uh, the way that we develop it is just question and answer. Question when you answer. describe it in terms of, you know, metaphorical sorts of electrical monsters, yeah. you sort of undermine the argument that there's nothing mystical about creativity. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> well, oh, no, 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 no. Because, see, what this is, is it's just what sparks my interest. So you're going to feel it. Everybody is going to feel Can it. Can I call it an epiphany instead of a gigawatt monster? An epiphany <laughs> could be that, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, um, what did, what did uh, Asimov call it? The Eureka Factor? It's a famous essay about the generation of creativity and the, the generation moment of moment at which you jump out yeah. of the bathtub and run right. naked through the street. But, but it isn't always right. Eureka and epiphany. Right. It's mostly, ooh. Yeah. Well, That's and w- mm-hmm. one thing that I want to I mention in conjunction with this... Uh, I like how you mentioned that a, an accountant is creative when they're searching for problems, yeah. with, um, for, searching for solutions within their problems. And I think one of the things that can help people with this is the idea of inter- immersing yourself in, a, in situations where you are given tools. Um, what I mean by this is if you read a lot of fiction, you will naturally be given tools, you will pick up on tools that authors are using to problem solve. Um, these, these plot archetypes that we use, these character archetypes, these sorts of twists and turns. And I think that if you immerse yourself in these things long enough, you will start to be able to generate these tools on your own. In the same way that you know, an accountant may look at what we do and say, wow, I could never do that. And yet I look at what the accountant does, and I could never be creative in the way they are because I haven't immersed myself in the ways that accountants problem solve. Exactly, because there are a certain set of questions, a certain set of problems that we're trying to solve, and there are a lot of options. And the more you learn in a given domain, in a given area, the more you can, you can see a number of options, and the more that you have those right questions. And I think those right questions are critical. And some of those are, you know, if you look at a story, Story is character, setting, and then some people say plot, but I like break it out, problem, and plot. There are those four main elements. And so when people say, how do you get your ideas? For me, I, one of my, the problem is that, I'm try, that I ask the question is, okay, so I just found out about Abdul Hassan, the one who never sleeps, who is this Somali pirate down, you know, one of those Somali pirates. I found him and I, found, I felt the little zzz, mm-hmm. and I saw him, he's got this gap tooth and he's got the headdress and everything. And so, great, that's a great idea. I don't have character setting problem and plot. And so the question is now, well, okay, well, what kind of problems, story problems, could be generated by Abdul Hassan? He needs a new tooth. He needs. Just that name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He who never sleeps. The one who never the sleeps. The one who never yeah. sleeps. You that's could. Very cool. I mean, that's, that should be our story prompt. Write a story about the one who never the sleeps. The one who or, never sleeps. Yes. Um, but, but, it's, but you have to go beyond that, right? You have to do a question. And then let's start listing answers, all types mm-hmm, of solutions, mm-hmm. until you get another one of those, oh, yeah, that's what I could do. See, and I think that the way this works for me, and I imagine for many people, is when you get one of those zing moments, and then you realize you have to combine it with other elements, yeah. Yeah. you search back through your catalog of all your previous zings and go, you know, the one who never sleeps, that would actually fit kind of cool with this other idea that I had about yeah. the, you know, the guy who's every time he has a cool idea, it turns into a gigawatt monster. <laughs> I'm going to combine those two, and that's an excellent book. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I agree. But it, but it comes through the process of being on the lookout and then asking specific questions and coming up with solutions. And I think part of the, I think, I don't know, you guys tell me. You tell me this. Is, I mean, I know sometimes when I'm writing, you just get a solution and you go with it. But there are sometimes when you stop mm-hmm. and you're like, 
okay, I, I'm not really caring about or believing in this. I need to come up with something. And is it your process? Because this is my process. I will just start listing things out and I will just start saying, mm -hmm. well, I could do this, I could do this, I could do this, I could do this. And I might get an answer after number 20 or number six or whatever. I might not get anything. I have to go on a walk or whatever. But it's a matter of listing possible solutions until I get a couple that are interesting. Do you, you guys know? do that? Yeah, usually when I get to that point, though, in the story, it's not I could do this or this or this or this. It's uh, character A has all of these options to solve a particular problem or to deal with whatever. Uh, what are these? And, and why will they work? Why won't they work? Sometimes I'll look at the point where I am in the plot and say, all right, I need them to try three or four things, and I need them to all fail badly. What are the worst ideas I can think of, and how can I make those ideas really attractive? Uh, and by, by phrasing the question in those ways, I come up with really funny, wacky stuff that you know, the readers weren't expecting, that often I wasn't expecting. And, you know, when I surprise me and manage to laugh at what I'm drawing, that's awesome. And that's one of those powerful, productive questions. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, for me, what works, <clears throat> just what you've been talking about, often I'll hit those points. And for me, I start and think, okay, this scene needs a transformation at this point. Either the dialogue needs to veer to in another direction, or, you know, something needs to shake everything up. Something needs to happen. And... I have to keep working and listing things in my head, trying things in my head until something says, ooh, that is what is going to transform this scene yeah. and bring it to the point that I need it to be. Mm -hmm. um, let's go ahead and do our uh, Brook of the Week. Um, John, you had uh, a, a, a Lois McMaster Bujold book you wanted to promo that you had mentioned. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, I uh, have come late to Ms. Bujold. And my first book ever of hers was audiobook The Hallowed Hunt. Yeah. And uh, I can't remember who it was read by. Did you guys have... You, we don't know. Somebody awesome. Yeah. Somebody awesome. And it was incredible. It was an incredible, incredible listen for me. I absolutely love... Her, and I went bought, I bought the other two books. I can't wait to read them. Uh, so it's this The is, Hallowed Hunt. Yeah. This is epic fantasy. Uh -huh. um, each of the books in the series is basically a standalone, as I understand it, but yeah. they're kind of connected. Same world. That's right. So this is the third, quote unquote, in the series. But yeah. it doesn't matter. You can listen to this one. It's different Different characters, different Hallowed things. Hallowed of Souls. The second one is a Hugo Award winner. Um, voted as the, the best science fiction or fantasy book of the yeah. year. The year it came out. Um, that's so, right. Yeah. So that is um, The She's Hallowed Hunt. Four Hugos and three yeah. Nebula Awards. One of the most uh, decorated authors in science fiction fantasy right now. Um, you can go to audible.com and go to audiblepodcast.com slash excuse. Um, and there you can uh, start a 15-day free trial where you get a free audiobook and you can support the podcast. So uh, we suggest you look into The Hallowed Hunt. All right. We've talked about generating ideas. What do you do to develop these ideas once you've got them in hand? Um, what's the next step, John? Well, I think, I think it's it. That's it. You ask questions and there's certain questions. So you need to know, for, for you to even be able to come up with the right question, I think you have to have some basic idea of what is a story or what am I trying to do? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you just kind of fumble around and maybe you get it, maybe you don't. So there, and I think this is different for everybody. I'm, I think every author is probably... Okay. Got particular Dan, questions, but I think there's some that overlap. How do I develop ideas? Yeah. You've got this zing, it's like, and you've got two of them sticking together. What's your next step? Two, two of these ideas have worked really well, awesome together. How do you begin development? My, my next thing that I do at that point is I try to look for conflicts and look for what would be interesting. What would be an interesting story to tell about that? You know, what would be an interesting problem for that character to have to deal with, or a problem that that technology or that magic system could create? 
and find where that conflict is because that is what for me generates the interest See, in the story. That's just those okay. questions. There's those yeah. questions here. I for me, um, I've been I've been playing with a, a, a ghost story idea. Doesn't fit in the Schlock Mercenary universe, uh, but it has to do about the way in which uh, apparitions are perceived. And there was a point at which I was telling myself, you know, this little rule for how we perceive apparitions when I gave myself chills. And and I realized at you know as I was as I was having that zing moment that whatever I did with the story needed to lead mm. up to the reader having the same realization that I just had. Mm, that's cool. And and so I needed it was it's like you know Brandon when you write these you know complex magic systems and then there is a synthesis of things that does something cool and new and we all have this aha moment this you know this cool oh wow that's so neat. Um, it's like that. I want to. I, I, that's the moment that gives me the zing, and so I say, well, let's put that here. You know, two thirds of the way through the book, or a third of the way through the book, or wherever it fits in the story, and that tells me what I'm trying to build towards. Sometimes it's a character arc. Sometimes it's the overall plot problem arc. Sometimes it's eh, something else. Um, mm -hmm. But I look for I look for moments, defining moments, and then I aim for them. That's interesting. All right. Last question then is, um, how do you know when it's done? You've been baking this idea. You've been asking these questions. How do you know when it's ready for prime time and it's time to put it on the page? What makes you decide? John? I, I oh. free write. You free write. Um, I, if, if I think it's ready, I will write a chapter and it will either work or it won't work. And if it doesn't work, I think, well, okay, then I have to go back and I have to revisit this some more. So a lot of playing around with the ideas, taking them and moving them around and actually playing with them in writing to see how they fit. I... I well, number one, I, it's not ever done because I do for me because I find things out and develop things all the way till the end of my first draft and into the second draft. Um, but I, I will know that I'm ready to start drafting when all of a sudden it goes. And it, sometimes I do exploratory drafts like Dan was talking about. But there will become a point where all of a sudden it goes click, 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 click. And I can see I can just see a plot. Everything falls. I can see place. things go roll out, and it doesn't have to go all the way to the end. Right. But I can just see, and then it's like, oh, and I feel I'm totally stoked to write, and I know where I'm going with it. Yeah. Often for me, mm. it's uh, when I'm doing schlock mercenary stuff. It's when I realize I've been spinning on the same two or three lines of dialogue that are what happens immediately next, and I realize, you know what? I have to write that part now. Uh, in order to clear my brain for what comes next. Mm -hmm. Because there's a piece of my subconscious mm -hmm. that's saying, hey, I want to get to the next part, but I can't let you forget this first bit. So we're not moving on until you've sat down and, and written it. You and know, that's I it. actually do that too. <laughs> it's so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> because there's a part of my brain, the, the conscious part of my brain that yeah. says, I want to work this next bit of dialogue, and I can't. Why can't I? Oh, because I haven't written down the part that I've been working on. Yeah. And so I've got to sit mm -hmm. down and write. And as soon as I've got a Absolutely. week of scripts, and this is where my process differs from everybody else, as soon as I've got a week of scripts, I'll run it past Sandra. I'll you know look at it myself. If it makes me laugh, if it seems to move the story forward, then I put pencil and ink on it. And once it's got ink on it, then it's done. I'm not going to go <laughs> You're back not and go fix back that. And change it. You know, talking to other people is actually a big one for me as well. Yeah. If I think that I know what's going on, or I know how to fix a story, or I know what the thing is going to be about, then I will tell somebody. I'll tell my brother or I'll tell my wife or whoever. And if that, that, that helps solidify it more. Yeah. And that helps, you know, helps me see it from a different light. And all of a sudden I'll either go, 
yeah, that's not really ready because I can't think of how to describe it to you. Or it will all, you know, suddenly I'll have the words and say, oh yeah, this is exactly how it's going to work. Now I know what this, what the solution is. All right. Well, we want to give a, a special extra thanks to John Brown for being on the podcast with us. His book, Servant of the Dark God, came out last week in paperback. Um, we all certainly hope you go check it out. I enjoyed the book immensely. It is an excellent epic fantasy novel. Um, and I did also want to mention, John, make sure everyone knows you're, you're okay. Um, we're joking about <laughs> yes. the cancer and stuff, but it's already been taken care of. You're, you're fine, right? I am, I am good. I have a huge slit, 33 stitches. It was amazing. Yeah, I'm good. But, but you are okay. I'm good. Right, well, I can't wait till the bandages come How do we know on. that was really cancer and not just surgery to look more like a Somali pirate? <laughs> you don't, but that's a good writing prompt. <laughs> All right. A person gets, this is going to be our writing prompt officially. A person gets um, surgery so that they can imitate he who does not sleep. Why? This has been writing excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. All right. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storyteller's stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like... Do you want to do a one-on-one -on -one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus. 